Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, thank you for tuning into this episode of Harden My Take the number one podcast on thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and today we're celebrating Michael Brown. It's, it's a good day to be a Houston Rockets fan. I'm be a Houston Rockets fan. It's a good day. It's a... Uh... You know, I feel like we're going to wake up tomorrow and the, the sun is just going to be that much brighter. It's going to be a beautiful day outside, probably not too hot. Uh, this It's going gonna, it's gonna to be shining on Red Nation tomorrow morning. Let me put it that way. Yes. And we're sleeping in. It's Saturday. We I'm going to sleep until 8 a.m. I'm going to sleep in all the way till 8 a.m. tomorrow. That's beautiful. That would be sleeping in for me, too. So go do that. But before yes. we enjoy our good night's sleep and long uh, sleep in on a Saturday, we got to talk about this Rockets win, man. 
So was it just me or down the stretch when the Rockets were up like 16 with five minutes left? The thought was still creeping in the back of your mind like too much time. Lakers are about to go on a 7-0 run, cut it to nine with like three minutes left. That's all I was thinking. And I didn't truly enjoy it until they took LeBron and AD out. And I said to myself, dare I say, did the Rockets just dominate the Los Angeles Lakers in the fourth quarter? So they outscored oh, them 27-18 in the fourth quarter. So oh. there you go. If that's considered domination, even yes. You know, I hope Daniel House is okay from everything that I've read. I think he's going to be. Mm-hmm. But once again, I'm going to lead this show off with an apology to Eric Gordon. Mm-hmm. Again. <laughs> Eric Gordon balled out tonight. He did. Oh, I mean, James Harden. James Harden was a dog tonight. Mm-hmm. And you know who I loved before this game, but I have so much more love after this game, is Russell Westbrook. This was a good game from Russell Westbrook. Not even what he did on the court with his play. He just ran his mouth the entire game. That dude has no fear and is afraid of nobody. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. Russ is meant to be. He's meant to be the, the, the gnat in your, in your ear that you just want to slap away. And while you're slapping at the gnat, James Harden's going, uh, getting 36 on you. Eric Gordon's going, getting 23 on you. And before you know it, you really don't have much of a chance left in the game. You know who else played well in his 16 minutes tonight? Austin Rivers was really good tonight, too. It's because Doc wasn't in the building. I'm almost 1,000% convinced that was I, it. I have sent an email to Rockets Public Relations that Doc Rivers should not be allowed at any more Rockets games. <laughs> well, then uh, what's next series going to look like if we get there? <laughs> well, if the team approves it, then Doc's not going to be allowed on the bench to coach. <laughs> uh, you know, tonight, I, I hate to use this phrase, but I'm going to because I want to. I almost felt like in a euphoric state the fourth quarter because everything that we've been talking about with this team came to fruition in the fourth quarter. They played smart. They played under control for the most part. Their defense tonight was hellacious. And the Lakers, the Lakers just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into this, I'm sure, throughout the show, but the Lakers' guard play was terrible tonight. Yes. and But here's the thing. Was it terrible in their, in their expectations? Or was it just because you're comparing them to the greatest backcourt in the league? Um, no, they're just not good. I think that's what it is, too. I just look at what did we talk about in the, in the preview show with Sabrina? Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to guard play versus Anthony Davis and LeBron. Okay. That and Kyle Kuzma, 30% yes. for, the, uh, for the bubble from behind the three-point line. One of four from three. The Lakers shot 29% from three, and the Rockets shot not terribly much better, but they hit 14 threes. But the difference tonight was the Lakers could not defend the rim, and the Rockets got to the rim whenever they want, which is ironic because the Lakers have three centers on their roster, but they're almost unplayable against the small lineup. So the Mm -hmm. Rockets can get to the floor whenever they want. Well, okay, now I'm going to put the centers in. 
then the Rockets are just going to light them up from three. So it's a catch 22 mm-hmm. on what, what to I do. Loved, yeah, what I loved about this game tonight, when it started out, the Rockets were attacking the rim early and often. And I think that took the Lakers a little bit by surprise. They are expecting the Rockets to go for threes. They're expecting the Rockets to hit their outside shots. But when you're getting inside, that almost it, – it's like – I'll use this as, as an example. You know, when a team – when a football team runs the football and they run the football effectively, it sets them up even better in the play-action game. So when Deshaun Watson's going to be handing it off to David Johnson – and David Johnson's getting you six yards of carry, that's going to look real good because when that play action hits and you hit Brandon Cooks down the sideline for a 50-yard touchdown or Kenny Stills or Will Fuller or any of those weapons, it's going to be real good. And that's a, you know, that's the last Texans talk we'll have for this podcast. But that's kind of the analogy that I think is appropriate for this because the Rockets attack the rim really well even though the Lakers had all that size. And there were times tonight where, you know, the Rockets attacked the rim even when it wasn't in their best interest. You know, uh, the Lakers had nine blocks tonight. Uh, Three came from Anthony Davis, and there were some some big ones. There were some big blocks. Like, LeBron had, like, a couple of huge blocks at the rim. Uh, Anthony Davis had at least one. Uh, But it was – but that's okay, even. Like, the Rockets, they, they don't care. Most of those shots from inside, you know, that area went in. And that's, you know, that that makes the Lakers feel a little dangerous because you're supposed to be, that's you're supposed to be protecting the rim. That's what your bread and butter is. And if the other team that is supposed to be, you know, super small and all that, that gets in your head. And I think that's what happened to the Lakers tonight is they were in their head so much. Yeah, they look flustered. You know, the they, they did. They they looked out of rhythm. And a lot of that I think has to do with the fact that they haven't played a lot of basketball lately. They've played maybe one game within they played one game in the last ten days. They haven't played a whole lot of basketball. And the Rockets are just coming off of, you know, a a game, three games as a matter of fact, where they had to be super in the zone. And they carry the momentum now which is real good at the beginning of the series. Later in the series, it might come back to bite them when the Lakers have the fresher legs, and when they get that rhythm back, it could help. It could go in their favor. But getting this game one tonight was huge for the Rockets because they the Lakers did not play well enough to win this game, and the Rockets, between those three quarters, the game wasn't in the bag, and they needed to secure that win because I think had the Rockets lost this game in the fourth quarter, it would have been a real short series and the Rockets would have been going back to Houston because you lose a lot of confidence when you lose a game you should win, especially early in a series. And I think the Rockets took care of business tonight and now the pressure's on the Lakers and that is really important. Well, in typical, you know, ESPN fashion, you know, they have to talk about the fact that the rock part of the Rockets win tonight was the fact that the Lakers have been off the past five days, which is a complete. The Lakers had no shot in this game, and it, after, they, after did, they they had they had a decent shot. I mean, they were 
they were up. They were only down six going into the fourth quarter. This was a winnable game for the Lakers had they just played better in the fourth quarter. It's just a shame the Rockets just outplayed them by a, a wide margin in the fourth quarter. That's why this game seems like a blowout. But let's keep this let's keep this in perspective here. This is a two this is a two possession game going into the fourth quarter. But this was never, not a game where the Lakers had absolutely no chance. No, but it never felt like that. To me, watching the game, I mean, I was a little worried going into the fourth, but the, the Lakers have had no momentum. The thing about the Lakers that it's very similar to the Thunder to me. What is their identity? Well, their the, identity is their identity. Honestly, is defense. They have Anthony Davis, who's you know one of the best defenders in the league. They have LeBron James, who's one of the best defenders you know in the league, and you know that's that is their identity. Is so better put, what is their offensive identity? Their offensive identity is let's give it to LeBron as our point forward and let's let Anthony Davis dominate on the low block. And they didn't do enough of that tonight. You look at you look at the the two duos, Harden and Westbrook combined for 60. Anthony Davis and LeBron James got 45. That is the difference in the game. Literally, 15 points. There's your there's your game right there. 15 points of an advantage for the Rockets duo against the Lakers duo. And that the look, the Rockets stars play better than the Lakers stars tonight. That's why the Rockets won this game. But also look at even beyond that, look at the when LeBron James and Anthony Davis were on the court tonight, they were a minus 21. When the Rockets James Harden and Russell Westbrook were on the court. They were a plus 15. And that's all Westbrook. The, the, the plus 15 yeah. is all Westbrook. Yeah, and that's but ten, that was that 10-0 run that put the game out of reach in that early fourth quarter. That was that was what did it in. That's most of Russell's uh, plus 15 is in that stretch of basketball right there. There were three moments in this game that I want to get your take on that stood out to me. And they were all in the fourth quarter. The first being Russell Westbrook. What did he do? Did he hit a jump shot? I think, or was it a three? And he was, it was three some, over Anthony Davis. Yeah, it was the three over Anthony Davis, and he was yelling obscenities in a quiet gym in front of friends and family only. <laughs> That's one of those moments that I look at. And credit to my buddy Justin Silver who pointed that out to me. Um, but that really stuck in my mind, like. I would love to be a fly on a wall in an empty gym in front of friends and family and children of the opposing team with Russell Westbrook screaming obscenities in uh, jubilation. So that's the first one. The second one was the floater, which was clearly a block on Anthony Davis. And James Harden just doing a complete stare down on Anthony Davis made me want to run through one of the walls in my brand new three-story townhouse that I'm now sitting in recording this show on. Mm -hmm. And the third moment being when, who was, somebody hit a three. I think it was Eric Gordon. Or no, it was a defensive play where James Harden was on the bench and they got a 24-second uh, violation on the Lakers. And James Harden was the first guy jumping off the bench. Dare I say, this is the turn in James Harden's leadership of this team that we've been waiting for for quite a while. Yeah, this was definitely a 180 from Wednesday night when it comes to James Harden. 
He had, I want to say, what, like 15, 17 points on Wednesday. I blocked that game out of my mind. But 36 tonight, he had 25 in the first half. He was a man on a mission tonight. You could tell that he was looking for a bounce-back game, and he got that tonight. And this this is the James Harden we want to see. And to be honest with you, Mike, I don't think this is the best James Harden that we've seen. Uh, I, I think James has another – I think he has another uh, step in him. I, I do. I don't think this is the – I don't think this is the creme de la creme that we're, we've seen from Harden. And I hope it isn't because 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 look, it's going to take more than tonight to win this series. We we're very we're very aware of that. One game is not winning you a series. You got to win three more of these suckers. And James Harden is going to have to be that guy in order for the Rockets to survive in advance. Because in this series, something I also recognize tonight. How good Lou Dort really is. I mean, because oh, that was no, the reason. No, no, I'm gonna have flashbacks. I don't. I, no, do not say his name. His okay. name will not be mentioned on this show after so, you complete your statement. I'll go with when I want to say his name. I'll just use Redacted. So I realized how good Redacted was tonight because the way that Redacted defended James Harden during the previous series was phenomenal throughout most of that series. And when you take redacted away and you insert Danny Green, (laughs) maybe it's called Bob Pope. Okay. Kyle Kuzma, like that just opened the, opened the doors for James Harden to just do what he does best. He only took six threes tonight. So he went, he found his shot at the layup line, and he was 9 of 14 from inside the the paint because he didn't take any he didn't take any mid-range shots, and he got his money through floaters and layups. And it was nice to see that balance back in his game where you know we rarely saw him in that previous series go to the rim because redacted just was able to force him into a contested three. And I think that that is going to be the bread and butter for the Rockets series. And it's the biggest thing that the Lakers need to figure out if they want to get back in the series. If they cannot stop James Harden, the Lakers are not going to win this series, man. Uh, Moving forward, I will refer to Lou Dort as Voldemort. I thought you were going to say his name. Uh, no, I'm just saying you got a statement of saying this is what you're going to call him. My statement is he will be referred to as Voldemort. Okay, well, you have to you have to say I'm going to refer to as Redacted as Voldemort. Okay, I am going to refer to Redacted as Voldemort. Okay, thank uh, you. Uh, Voldemort did a great job on uh, James Harden, obviously. Um, here's, here's what I see with the Lakers. And I, we touched on it with Sabrina on, on last show. And if you didn't listen to the last show, you should definitely go check it out. The benefit yes, will be relevant for the rest of the series. Yeah, the Rockets' advantage, one of the biggest advantages, if not the biggest advantage over the Lakers, the Rockets know exactly who they are. Nothing is going to change. They're going to shoot a ton of threes, they're going to try and get to the rim, and they're going to be pesky defensively. What are the Lakers? What are you? Are you a team that runs through LeBron? Are you a team that runs through AD? 
Uh, what does your bench look like? Are you going to play Dwight Howard? You're not going to play Dwight Howard. Are you going to play Morris? You're not going to play Morris. They have a lot of things to run through. The Rockets are just going out there saying, look, we just played a heck of a series against the Thunder. We got nothing to lose. You know, we like Coach D'Antoni. We're going to play for him. We have two of the best players in the league. You've got Robert. First of all, Robert Covington defensively tonight, not much offensively. Robert Covington and P.J. Tucker were dogs defensively tonight. P.J. Tucker was a man tonight. Yes. He was somebody like Anthony Davis wanted no part of P.J. Tucker tonight. That one sequence where P.J. was all up in his grill. Oh, that was so pretty. That forced Anthony Davis into an air ball from mid-range. A, a not, a, not a good shot from Anthony Davis. He panicked. And what's so good about the Rockets against the Lakers specifically is that the Lakers see themselves as, oh, you know, they look down at the Rockets. To me, I think that they look down on them because, one, the height thing, and two, I don't think they think the Rockets are on the same level as them. And they are silly to think that because they are not taking the threat of Westbrook and Harden going to the rim seriously enough. They are not taking the threat of P.J. Tucker defensively seriously enough. And that is going to bite them in the butt if they don't figure that out. Game two is going to be all about can the Lakers adjust to the Rockets. And there was, you know, talks in the broadcast of, oh, the Lakers lost game one last series. They then they won four straight. But that was the Blazers. And the Rockets are far different than the Blazers. They're far better than the Blazers. Let's get that right as well. ESPN is rooting for the Lakers. They're openly rooting for the Lakers. Everyone's rooting for the Lakers except the Rockets. I'm telling you that right now. But they're the Clippers. But, I mean, to be honest, they're also in L.A. So, L.A. (laughs) wants Lakers Clippers. And let's be real. It's literally the world against the Rockets. And that's what it is. And that's kind of the villain... The, the villain role they've adopted, and they're embracing it. And that is what, you know, when you are that villain, you embrace that in a way because everyone's against you, and you have to go against the world. You're the underdog in this series, which I think that's why the Thunder lasted as long as they did in the last series because they were, they were the underdog. They knew they were the underdog. They were more the underdog, and even though... The numbers prove that they were just as good as the Rockets, considering their records. They they had this underdog aura about them with the fa- with the Westbrook trade, the you know the Harden trade. Like there's so much animosity that the Thunder have built against the Rockets that you know they take that series personally. And I think with the Rockets, they can play with a little less pressure on their shoulders because. They aren't expected to win this series. Everyone is penciled in, not just penciled, penned in or sharpied Lakers-Clippers conference finals since the beginning of the season. And the Rockets are, are taking that personally. And this is their chance to take it out on somebody. That somebody being the Los Angeles Lakers. And tonight was the first punch 
and they got one in the gut. Well, let me – you know what – you know why I love this Rockets team in this matchup against the Lakers? One of the main reasons. How many teams in the bubble would you take against the Rockets in a street fight? If you took guys like P.J. Tucker, Jeff Green, Russell Westbrook, maybe, you know, but that's me being generous. But the Rockets are tough. Mm -hmm. They are filled on this team. He doesn't play much, but shout out to my boy Tyson Chandler, who, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to get at. Like this team is filled with guys that you don't want to physically mess with. Are they the best group of talent in the NBA? Maybe, maybe not. But they are filled with a bunch of dudes. Like when LeBron James went to try and, and belly flop on P.J. Tucker, which was a foul, which wasn't called a foul. It was. Uh, but it was a foul. Um, you, you, it was also called as such. It was called a foul. I thought it was – no, I thought the Lakers got the ball on – No, it just appeared that way. But because um, it was okay. like P.J. wanted a timeout, and then it looked like it was a jump ball, but then they actually called that on LeBron. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But what I'm saying, LeBron, LeBron's tough, one of the greatest players ever. You're going to ask who am I going to take in a street fight? I'm taking P.J. Tucker all day, every day. P.J. Tucker is a real one mm-hmm. in my book. The Rockets are filled with these guys, man. Like The Rockets are not going to back down to the Lakers. The Lakers expect to coast by and say, we're the Lakers. We're, we're this. We're that. We're, we're, the, we're the forefront leaders on everything important in the NBA. And the Rockets are like, we don't care. You want to go? Let's go. We'll meet you anywhere. You want to play outside on a on a blacktop with you know metal nets? Let's go play outside on a blacktop with metal nets. They don't care. That's what I love about this team, man. They showed that tonight. And to be fair, the Rockets showed that in Game Seven. You know, you asked me a couple of weeks ago about what is the temperature of the city when it comes to the Rockets, right? You asked me, you know, what is sports radio talking about with the Rockets? Mm-hmm. It, this city on a specific sports station that I will not mention is filled with people that just don't watch the Rockets and they don't care. But the tone of the city is they're not watching this team. And it's, it's a shame. They came out tonight. Number one seed beat the drums off of this team in the fourth quarter. And they're up one, nothing in these in the Western conference semifinals. It's time for the city of Houston to wake up and pay attention and care about this team. Mm -hmm. That's the way I feel about this game is they're tough. They're not going to back down. They've got two guys in Russell Westbrook and James Harden who have won the MVP of this league. They have guys like P.J. Tucker, guys like Robert Covington. E.G. looked good tonight. Austin Rivers looked good tonight. Daniel House didn't even play the fourth quarter. He's going to be fine for game two. I stand by my prediction. I would not be shocked if this is 2-0 come Monday morning. I hope that Daniel House plays game two. I, I, that... That is still to be determined. I'm sure we'll learn more about it over the weekend, uh, specifically Saturday. And with with the Rockets, but let's get back to the Rockets here. And, and game two mostly, because I think game two is more about how the Lakers respond. And, you know, Mark Jackson said it during the broadcast, you know, it's a it's a battle of styles. It's something we discussed a lot about on the previous episode with Sabrina. It's it's a it's a battle of the largest contrast of styles that we've seen in the NBA series in a long time. And it's up to the Lakers to 
find ways to adjust to the Rockets. Because the Rockets, as we've said on, on the podcast, as Mark Jackson said on ESPN, the Rockets are not going to change their style of play. They're going to play three points, layup. They're not going to conform to the Lakers. Why? Because they don't need to. We just saw this today. And another thing that people look at, the rebounding battle. If the Lakers are so tall and so gargantuan, so big and mighty, they should have won this rebounding battle, right? They didn't. It was 41-41 right down the middle. The one statistic you put in Sharpie for the Lakers because it was 41-41 on the boards tonight. And I think a lot of that just has to do with just honestly effort from the Rockets because of those rebounds, nine of them came from P.J. Tucker. Nine of them came from Westbrook. Westbrook is oftentimes the shortest guy on the floor, um, but he's still getting these rebounds. And, you know, P.J. Tucker, three offensive rebounds tonight. Really, really impressive from P.J. This team wanted it more tonight, and that's why they're up 1-0. With the Lakers, I'll ask you this, Mike. Do you think Frank Vogel changes the starting lineup for game two? Um... No. I mean, you're the number one seed. But you're also down 1-0 with uh, a very serious threat to go down 2-0 if you don't change something. No, I, I think that – I think I think you're going to see a lot more LeBron on, on Harden. I think you're going to see – but, again, it comes back to – it's not just about Harden. It's about Westbrook. And tonight, it was about Eric Gordon. If you're the Lakers, okay, so you can put LeBron, which isn't their best strategy, by the way, or it shouldn't be, putting your best player on one of the Rockets' best players defensively and wear him down, which he was worn down tonight towards the end of the game. You could see it. He had no lift in his jump shot. Mm -hmm. If you put LeBron on Harden, okay, what are you, you're going to put Danny Green on Westbrook? Well, then who do you put on Gordon? Okay, so then you want to get into your bench, and the Rockets can come in with, uh, with Austin Rivers, who played really well tonight. You got Jeff Green coming in. Like, the Rockets are just going to keep throwing their style down their throat to the Lakers. And somewhere right now, I hope Daryl Morey's listening to this show, sipping on a glass of cognac, just sitting back and scrolling through Twitter saying, God, I'm so freaking smart. <laughs> because he built a team that can play with the Lakers and the Clippers, man. Like, there, there's no other team in the Western Conference, and we're seeing it right now, that can play with the Lakers or the Clippers except the Rockets. They're the only team. They're yeah. the only team. And I cannot wait for the game Sunday night. I don't think they changed their starting lineup to answer your – this is a long way of answering your very simple question. No, I think that they'll stay with the same lineup and just hope they start hitting some of their shots. So – so your answer, I guess, is hit more shots, which, I mean, they shot pretty well from the field tonight, 42%. But something that they did, they took 38 threes tonight, only made 11 of them. and because But they're not a three-point shooting team. That's the thing. Rondo made two of those threes. And Rondo, that this was the first game he's played in almost six months. Um, and, I mean, he's not a shooter. Like, we should they shouldn't be expecting that out of Rondo. The only player that I think... I guess Rondo had a decent game, but other than Caruso, the bench for the Lakers looked 
pretty flat tonight. They really didn't provide much of anything at all. Uh, Caruso, the 14 points off the bench, that's probably the one guy from the bench that I'm like concerned about for the Lakers. But other than that, the Lakers bench doesn't scare me. The Lakers bench doesn't you know, phase me at all. Like this team, it's it's very top heavy. It's LeBron and AD, and they're going to be the ones that show up. So if your answer is put LeBron on James Harden defensively, that means you need a lot more out of Anthony Davis offensively. And tonight with Anthony Davis, I I feel like he was just timid a little bit. Like he had a good game, I guess, offensively numbers wise, but. The, the Lakers need more out of Anthony Davis if they want to win the series. 25 points is not going to cut it. They need him with at least 35, potentially 40 if they can. And LeBron at 20 points, you know, he needs to he needs to up his production a little bit more because if they can't keep up with Westbrook and Harden, they will not win the series. Alex Caruso had the third highest amount of points and the second worst hairline on the Lakers tonight. <laughs> um, you know what? It's so. Oh God, I I can't stand Alex Caruso. I don't know what it is. I don't Every, know what your deal is with Alex Caruso. I I like the guy. I think he's not. I I don't I don't like him in the series. But overall, like like I saw you beefing with it. Like like he's like, oh man, Alex Caruso before I, the game. I was like, what's that about? <laughs> I can't see. I look. It reminds me of that scene from Step Brothers where. Is it Step Brothers where he's like, there's something about your face that I just want to punch. And I feel like Alex Caruso would just tell me, is there anything I can do to change your mind? And I would say no. Like, there's just some I, – I, I cannot stand him. I hate the headband, the 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 sleet. Like, I, I just can't stand the guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'd love to, you know, buy him like, a uh, He looks like a very pleasant person. He look he, – he, there's no doubt that he is. There's just something about his demeanor and his face that I just don't like. Is it because he went to AM? It has nothing to do with the fact that he's an Aggie. It has nothing, I swear to you, it has nothing to do with that. I think it's the fact that publications give this guy so much love for a guy who averages like five points a game, right? You know, I just, I can't stand the guy. But anyway. Well, like, uh, I think honestly, just, I don't know, but his, his story is real interesting. I mean, he played four years in college, which, you know, not a whole lot of guys play four years in college anymore. And he got into the league. He built it. He went undrafted, went, built his way up, uh, worked real hard through the G League to get to the Lakers. And then not only is he playing on a Lakers team, but he's playing decent minutes on a good Lakers team. So that's the appeal about Caruso. And just the fact that he looks like an average guy but he's, you know, balling in the NBA. I think that that's his appeal is that he looks like the average human. Yeah. It's the it's, average male with you know, a receding hairline and, uh, you know, a funky must funky, uh, you know, normal, like he's very, he's very humanizing. We got to get, we got to get, our- I think that's what, I think that's why people glorify him a little bit because they glorify the idea of uh, realism. It's fine. You know, but I, you tell me this story, and for some reason, I, I don't like him even more. Like, just something about it. I just, I, I don't like You know, it's, I don't know what it is. It, I, I got to work through that on my own. Do you think he's like a special, special secret agent for the FBI or something? I mean, it's something like that, but. Would that surprise you? 
we got to talk to our friend Sabrina because we got to figure out what the barber situation is with the Lakers. I think that was part of their problem tonight. LeBron just needs to, to shave his head because it's they have, awful. They have a barber in the, in the bubble. Well, they need to go visit because him and Caruso just look terrible. Um, let, let, me, let me ask you this. Did anything about this game surprise you tonight? Did- you know what? You know what surprised me? I thought I thought that the I honestly thought the Lakers would play better. I know I know they didn't. I I knew they weren't going to play their best game that we'd see. I didn't. I wasn't expecting the Lakers to you know play like they did uh, on Mamba Day. You know the 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 last game before the strike. But I expect them to play a little bit better than they did tonight. Tonight, but tonight, it's just a very low bar. Like they, they, they set a low bar for themselves. So we're gonna get a better game from the Lakers in every game in the rest of the series because they just didn't play very well tonight. And I just I expected more from the number one seed, if if you know what I mean. They're the number one seed, play like it. I'm not saying that the Rockets are playing like a number one seed right now. I still think also, the Rockets have another ace up their sleeve. I think that we didn't see the best from the Lakers tonight. I don't think we saw the best from the Rockets tonight either. Through three quarters, I thought we saw a good Rockets team. I didn't think we saw a great Rockets team. I think in the fourth quarter, that changed. I think we saw a very good Rockets team. I'm still waiting for the greatness to ooze out. I don't think we've seen it yet. And that makes me feel really good. I asked you the question because nothing surprised me about tonight. I, that's why I told, and I think this is, yeah, I mean, you did say on the previous podcast that we'd win today and that we'd win to, uh, in game two. Nothing because that's what this team is. This is a terrible matchup for the Lakers because it makes them uncomfortable. The Lakers are great when they're comfortable. They're great when LeBron can just breeze by whoever he's being defended by. AD can just rise up and shoot over, you know, whoever. You know, he did that to a point tonight on Harden. He did that like three straight times, I think. I think he scored six points in a row over Harden. But Harden has become a, dare I say, a good defender? An above-average defender. Yeah, I mean, he's an above-average defender because – uh, Mark Jackson made a great point tonight that P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon, he pointed out specifically that they're not the biggest guys, but they're thick. They're a muscular thick. So is Robert Covington. And those types of guys just give guys like LeBron and AD who just want to finesse their way to points problems. And if you're the, if you're the Lakers, Kyle Kuzma, eight points, minus 21. Rajon Rondo, for as great as he was being heralded tonight, was a minus 10. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, one of five from three, five points. Danny Green, 10 points, two of seven from the three-point line. Maybe that's just who they are right now. I think they're better than that. I think a lot of those players are better than the numbers they're putting up. But thus far in the bubble, through their, their first eight seeding games, the first series against Portland and tonight they haven't been those guys. And if you ask, let me ask you this of all the teams that advance to the second round in the NBA playoffs, was there a team 
that had a tougher series against as good of a team as the Thunder. In the first round? Yeah, as it pertains to the Rockets. The only team I could make potentially the argument for is Denver, only because Denver had to win three elimination games in a row. But opponent-wise, the Thunder were the uh, most superior of any of the teams that have left the playoffs in the bubble. And the Jazz were playing without their second most important offense in Bogdanovich. So the Rockets had the toughest first round, made it out of that, riding all this momentum. The Lakers got punched in the mouth tonight. And I don't know what's going to happen in game two. I love the Rockets' chances in game two. Mm -hmm. Love their chances. And shout out to the Rockets, by the way, for giving us a win on a Friday night of a Labor Day weekend. Right? So now we get to enjoy the entire weekend knowing our team is up 1-0 in the semifinals of the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, Thank you, Rockets. Right, but also Monday's part of the weekend. So if we don't win Sunday, then... See, Is don't it a say, good weekend because it's a mixed. Yeah. I think it's a mixed bag. There's 48 hours of legitimate Saturday and Sunday fun day ahead of us, Jeremy. There you go. But that's what's so special about Labor Day weekend. There's Monday fun day too. Oh, yeah. Hello. After the Rockets go up two nothing, say hello to double bacon cheeseburgers by the pool on Monday for yours truly. That's not very kosher of you. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get the meat blessed by a rabbi before I eat it by the pool. Yeah. So, so the, so eating, okay, you got, you got to explain this to me. So yes, the, the cheeseburger is not kosher. The bacon makes it even less kosher, but if the rabbi blesses it, it makes it automatically kosher with the cheese and the bacon. It only makes that possible if the Rockets go up 2 nothing on Sunday. Oh, okay. That, that's also if the Rockets go up, <laughs> Yeah, if the Rockets go up 2 nothing on Sunday, then God would want me to be happy. And double bacon cheeseburgers blessed by a rabbi makes me incredibly happy. Amen. And I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship this evening. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Hard in My Take. We are super excited to be coming at you Every game throughout the playoffs, uh, check us the next morning for our analysis. And these podcasts are a lot more fun when the Rockets come out on top. So hopefully they do the same Sunday night, tip off at 7.30 Central Time. It's on The game's going to be on ABC. So no excuses for missing this game. It's on Kate. It's on national TV. It's cable. Like It's one of the local networks, Channel 13 if you're in Houston. There's no school on Monday, no work on Monday for a lot of you, no reason, no excuses for missing that game or for missing Harden My Take when we come out next uh, on Monday, Labor Day uh, 2020. Uh, so be sure to uh, subscribe or download wherever you listen to podcasts, download and subscribe to Harden My Take and be sure to follow the Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. Give us a like on Facebook if you're over there and don't miss a single bit of our coverage at thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Be sure to also 
follow my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, over on Twitter at UH Big Red Hat Guy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Mike, quick last message for Red Nation. Yeah, you know what? Have fun with the game on Sunday. Make sure to tweet either at myself and or Mr. Jeremy Brenner, the national treasure, by using the hashtags Slim Jim and the Pocket Rockets or Double Bacon Cheeseburger Fan for Life. Well said. It's a pretty long hashtag, but uh, that'll well, do Save your characters. You're going to need them. <laughs> yes. And of all things, stay safe this weekend. We are still in the middle of pandemic. It's going to be crowded at the beaches. It's going to be, you know, a lot of cars in the road. Stay safe, please. And until next time, we are now five down, 11 to go. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.